Welcome back to another episode here on Coach's Corner. I am Polly Barr, the founder of Identity of One Coaching, and I specialize in helping men and women like yourself break free from your past and identify your true identity, which will uncover your gifts and talents that are on purpose for your life of freedom. As you dive into this podcast, grab a pen and pad, your favorite flavored coffee, or whatever you may be into this very moment, and get ready for tips and nuggets to help set you free. If there is anything on any one of these episodes that has brought value to your life, do me a huge favor, my friend, and drop me a review down below here on Apple Podcast. You can also follow me on Spotify and iHeartRadio, and we're also on Audible and Pandora and all of your favorite podcast apps. So with that being said, let's dive in. What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to another episode here on Coach's Corner. I am Polly Barr, lead pastor of Set Free Life Church, as you know, and we're about to rock this conversation. We should have hit the live button about 10 minutes ago because we were just flowing, laughing, talking about life. But I have a special guests, plural. Uh, we got Leo and Rebecca, and I'll let you pronounce your last name. Um, because I'm just may butcher it, but we're going to dive into this conversation, this awesome, awesome conversation. And I went to your website earlier and what I really love was what, what really stood out to me was parents initiative. And so there's so much power in that because we're in a place right now where parents don't know how to be parents. Um, maybe because they haven't been taught or they just choose not to be able to be that parent to their children. And so, you know, first and foremost, I would love for you guys to um, share how you met, right? Um, even if it's a crazy story, uh, share how you met. Um, what caused you to even go after the gift and the calling that God has for both of y'all, uh, where you're from, and let's just dive into this awesome conversation of what you do. Oh, how long we got? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> when, you, when you said, like, let us know how you met, this girl right here will give you like a, an hour version of it. I won't give him the hour version. No, but okay, so let's first start. He first asked us how we pronounce our last name. It's not colon, it's cologne. Cologne. Okay. Just I just want to make sure our audience knows that. Body it's, it's not colon, it's cologne. All right. So uh, we've been married for, we'll give him the short version. Okay, so we've been married for 18 years. 18 and a half. 18 and a half, correction. 18, <laughs> 18 and a half years. July will be 19. July will be 19. We're both pastor's kids. Uh, we um, <clears throat> have very long histories. We went through some stuff yeah. as PK kids. Yeah. Um, a lot of hurt. Obviously, being a pastor's kid, you have to deal with a lot of things sometimes that people don't realize. Uh, but, you know, we went to master's commission, both of us. Not, not not together. So I can tell a little bit of our story. But she was also a missionary. She won't tell you this part, but she was a missionary in Nepal for a year. When I was 19, I moved to Nepal on the other side of the world. Um, and I worked with rescuing girls out of prostitution and the rehabilitation of those women, um, teaching them trades and um, giving them hope in Jesus and um, setting them up with uh a new life because once they were sold into slavery and brought back, um, their families disowned them. And um, also training up pastors and for them to travel and 
go to remote villages to um, have churches in homes. <laughs> and then shortly after she got back, we met. Yeah, like I, I had. She knew at the moment she met me that we were going to get married. Actually, before I met him, I saw a picture on a wall and I'm like, ooh, I'd like to meet that fella. Um, I had prayed for a long time about my husband, 32 qualities specifically that I prayed over. And um, the day I met him before that, I had lunch with a, a pastor's wife and I was like, oh, I'm just too independent. I'm, I really want to be married. And I just poured my heart out to her. I'm like, no man's going to want me because I'm too strong willed and all these things. And she's like, no, actually, I have somebody in mind for you. And there he is. He's in the parking lot right there. And it was the guy that was in the photo that I said, Lord, I'd like to meet that fellow. And then long story short, I left the building that day after chatting with him and telling a friend of mine, that is my husband, because in the middle of this room, we're sitting there and he's pouring his heart out about, um, you know, all these different things. And then they're like, what are you going to do next after Nepal? I'm like, well, God played Puerto Rico on my heart. And I don't know why I just have been praying for this country. I don't know if it's the people and uh, a friend standing behind him was like, oh, my gosh, oh my gosh, I'm pointing at him. And um, someone spoke up and says, well, Leo's Puerto Rican. And immediately the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, that's your husband. And I was preparing your heart to love his culture and him. And I left the room like because I was crying. And my friend Sonia, she's like, what is wrong with you? I said, that is my husband in there. And she said, you're talking about the dude with the big nose. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was like, well, really, that doesn't matter. However, um, he ran out in the rain to get my number as I was leaving to go for a long drive back to where I lived at the time because I was just there visiting friends. Um, one month later, we saw each other again. I had given him a friend card for his birthday. And uh, he said, what were you really trying to say in this note? And I said, well, I love you. I want to be the mother of your children. And I want to spend the rest of my life with you. And I was sold right there. I yeah. was just like, game over. We're getting married. So, so for cool. four months from the day we met, we got engaged. 11 months from the day we met, we got married. Now, I wish I could tell you that uh, <laughs> it was it was a honeymoon from the jump. You know, our first three years was was very trying. Why don't you want to tell people the real thing that you tell people? What? Oh, well, <laughs> our first three years was H-E double hockey sticks. <laughs> it, it, wasn't, it wasn't very ideal, but, you know, the shift took place. And I hope this encourages some of you. We have a podcast as well, uh, Parents Initiative. We actually had some guests on last week um, talking about marriage. But the shift for us was when I realized that God reminded me that's that's your that's his daughter and I needed to treat her accordingly. And also the importance of, hey, you know, if I am to truly love Christ as I am supposed to love him, then it's going to be easier for me to treat her as I need to treat her. Mm. And that, that was a shift. So let's fast forward now. We did youth ministry for several years. Then towards the end of our youth ministry that we were we were we were serving at this church, God spoke to me about parents initiative. And it was at a service on a Wednesday night, spring break week in South Alabama. Typically, you know, when you have a service like that, hardly any kids are going to show up. And just being transparent and real, you know, when you have a service like that as a minister, you really have very low expectations going in. 
you know, when you know hardly anybody's going to be there, especially in youth ministry, because everybody's going to be at the beach. But little did I know that God was really going to speak this into my heart and God really encouraged me because I found myself at a place of frustration. I was like, God, what is the deal? Is it me? Why are we? Why, it seems like we're always going back and forth and uh, we're not really moving forward. We're having some great services, but we're always hitting a wall every single week. And I was just kind of frustrated. And I was like, God, what is it? And I heard it clear as day. Parents are part of the problem. Now, I want to remind you, I didn't say parents are the problem, but parents are part of the problem. Now, we have a tendency at times as males to hear what we want to hear and sometimes even change the story a little bit. But that moment, I, 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 I heard parents are, are the problem. It kind of re reverted that a little bit and changed it up a little bit. So I'm just trying to fast forward here. So, I, so for a period of time, I found myself in a place that I was bitter. And um, I, I didn't take any personal responsibility. I found myself in a way blaming parents for the state of our youth ministry and what was going on and how we were uh, struggling and having a hard time. And then a month or you know, what, a year and a half later, a year and a half later, I was sitting in my quiet time and spending time with the Lord. And he reminded me of that conversation. And I said, God, what, you know, what was the deal? And he said, parents are part of the problem. And I said, okay, so if parents are part of the problem, who else plays a role? And the church and students. So it's not just parents, but the church and students. And so with that, you know, I was reminded that, you know what, I have, as a parent, I have responsibility. Okay. I am the main source, the main go-to of discipling my kids. It's not the church's responsibility, but also the church does have responsibility of re-implementing re what I am supposed to be already be teaching in the home. Come okay. on, bro. Preach. That's me. You know, so it's first our main priority to be who God has called us to be, to love our kids, to raise them up according to the word. And the church is supposed to be re-implementing that. So let's, let's, there's a stat. The average student, okay, the average student only spends 40 hours in a church building in a year. A lot less now because of COVID. A lot less now because of COVID <laughs> at, at the time of this recording. You know, so the average student spends only 40 hours and over 3,000 hours time with their parents in a year. Okay. So you think about that. So who's supposed to be the go-to source of what they learn from about God? You as a parent, because they spend the most time with you. So what about the student? The student still has to make a decision. You know, we're living in a time, unfortunately, and I guess you could say all of time, that no matter what a parent does or what the church does, that student still has to decide. Yeah. And it's not necessarily a reflection of you, okay, if you didn't do your part, if your child decides to walk away from God. But the key thing is, what does the word say? That his word would never return void. Never. So if you're doing your part and you're planting that seed, we got to trust God is going to do the rest. Yeah. But still, till there's still that fact that kids still have to make that decision. I love so what you're saying. Absolutely. I love everything that you're saying because it's so true. When you put stats, when you put numbers to the vision, and that's where we as the body, I don't like to put myself in that category sometimes because I just think differently. Percentages are everything. There is a law of percentage. There is a law of average. If you invite a thousand people to come to your service, you're going to get 50, 20 to 50 people that are going to actually engage. Yeah. 
out of those 20 to 50, you're only going to get about 15 to 18 that are really, truly going to dive into your vision. And so we as the body have to understand that even God himself said, I know you have 3000, but I want you to send some of them home. But, we, uh, uh, but I know that now send those home, but this is, I know I'm less is more. You follow what I'm saying? So less of us depending on the church yep. or the school system. Because when I started working for the school district, I had a newfound respect for teachers, janitors, bus drivers, because I was a bus driver. I started to understand, wow, y'all don't get paid enough to deal with this. Because like you said, parents are part of problem. So when we look at it as a whole, when we look at the judicial system, system, when we look at the school system, when we look at the church system, come on, somebody. I'm not talking about God. I'm talking yep. about church, right? Yep. Where everything has to look a certain way. We're so caught up in everything to having to look a certain way. And I'm guilty of that. My background has to be on point. I got to have the right lighting. But I also function in a spirit of excellence. Right. Right. Because yeah. if I'm doing the work for God, I want to make sure, OK, I'm doing so. But there were years that I would do it so much that it was becoming perfection. And that's mm -hmm. all I was I was seeking. So to bring it back, to reel it back in, I love what you're saying, that every part has its part. Yeah. It's like a motor. Mm -hmm. You have a transmission, you have a rear end, you have a motor you have fluid, you have all of those things, but everything, everything in that motor boils down to the harmonic balancer. Yeah. Without that harmonic balancer, you're going to have vibration through the whole thing. So what's the harmonic balancer? Jesus Christ. Yeah. The commandments going back and saying, okay, you know what? We're doing something wrong here. And so I love everything that you are saying, both pastors, kids, missionary, uh, human trafficking, all of that. And so now you're in this place of, you know, whoo, look at this hottie. I want that guy. So what I want you to touch on really quick, because you said something that is that is so profound. You had 32 qualities in a man. Why was it 32? <laughs> and did it all equate, like did every checkbox check off? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, actually, I had been praying over that list for about eight or 10 years since I was a young girl. I had wrote a curated pledge when I was a young girl and I had just I got serious. Someone encouraged us at a conference to write out what we wanted without having anyone in our mind, because you know how that we are, ladies out there, you you like. Oh, and we'll write this man down. No, you need to write the man down that you need and that you desire and that you want. And I wanted to get clarity. You know, I wanted someone that was compassionate, that loved Jesus with all of his heart, that was willing to forgive, um, that had uh, <laughs> that was Latin. I actually put that down with curly hair and, <laughs> um, you know, just down to uh, I even thought to myself, 
I love really nice size hands. And I know that sounds silly to some women out there, some people, um, but I love nice looking hands. And I didn't write that down on my list. I just never did. And I, what I noticed as we were, um, as he was pursuing me, um, because after I left that day um, from meeting him for the first time, he reached out via email and wanted to chat. And then he told me he wanted to pursue a relationship with me. Mind you, I had been on my own since I was 16 and I was now 20. And but I had just moved from back overseas into my family, my parents home. And I said, well, my father's my covering and you're going to have to ask for his permission to pursue me. And because that's what my parents had taught me. And he has always been my dad was always my filter to get rid of men who wanted to marry me and pursuers that were crazy. <laughs> and and so I really wanted to really pray hard for all the things that I wanted and desired. And I knew that my God was able to do all the things um, if I just ask him. And even things that I didn't even ask him for, even on that piece of paper, like a nice set of hands. <laughs> I noticed that one day. So we emailed a lot. I have a notebook that's a, a, probably a, a two inch binder full of printed out emails and letters because the whole entire 11 months from knowing, meeting each other to getting married, we saw each other in person, maybe one month total in all the collected days. So um he uh, i would mail him uh randomly number 27 and put what that was when i noticed that quality in him and i would mail it to him in his letter so he did check all the boxes and i told him randomly like that so that is so awesome because what i'm hearing is you you were specific down to the hands because <laughs> Because I can, I can relate one of my qualities of a woman and thank God my wife, you know, was that was she had to have nice toes. She had to, she had to, because, because my, my whole perspective is this. And when, and when I shared it with other, other, you know, girl friends that were Christians, they're like, you know what? That makes total sense. I'm like, listen. There's a few reasons, I said, but the main reason is that if a girl takes care of that area, she's going to take care of every other area, <laughs> period. Yes. I mean, I'm just being honest. And so, so when I, when I got, yes. the, you know, this is uh, explicit, let's put it across the screen. Right. Yes. But truth be told, they were like, you know what? You are so right. And I said, listen, you as a woman have to make a specific list as well. Right. And so my lift list was specific. She had to love ministry. I mean, just this long list. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't 32, but it was, you know, it was this list. And I literally dreamt my wife a year before I met her. I didn't see her face. And I believe God did that because if I would have seen, seen something, someone, not, not something, but someone that was similar, yeah, I would have went, went for it. I didn't see her face. All I knew is that she was she was white and her voice mm. and her spirit. That's all I knew. And the minute that I saw her, 
I was like, under my breath, oh my God, that's my wife. And I was scared because I was single for 11 years. Totally different story. 11 years. And I'm like, uh, no, I, I don't, I don't need another friend. Like I'm, I'm, I'm done with the friend zone. You know what I'm saying? And so anyhow, I love what you're saying about being specific because when you're specific with God, he was specific in how to build the tabernacle, yep. how to put the rings, who to create the rings, the, you know, the goldsmiths, all of that. He positioned everything and everyone in a certain way. And what I love about Psalms 139 is God says, you know, David says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. It's not that God was afraid. Oh my God, I'm, I'm fearfully creating somebody. No, what God showed me was this. I'm strategically, I've yeah. got a blueprint out mm -hmm. and I'm strategically putting curly hair. I'm strategically putting big nose. You said it, not me. I'm, I am, I, I am, I am strategically putting this thing together yeah. for Rebecca. And I'm, I'm, I'm specifically putting this thing together for Leo. And when they meet and they come together, it's going to be for a specific time, specific yeah. children, specific ministry, specifics. So I just wanted to draw that out because someone out there needed to hear that. And then also, maybe you can touch on this. Speak to the woman or the male out there that's sitting on a list for 50 years because mm -hmm. they're afraid to get off the list. Right. So I'm sure that there was the checklist, but there was some stuff that, that was part of the character that you're like, eh, eh. but God created you to have that heart to be able to say, you know what? He's still the one or, you know yeah. what? She's still the one. So, so speak to that for a brief moment and then we'll go into the after. Yeah, because there are things that your spouse is going to evolve into because they're married to you. And as they are pursuing the heart of the father and they're pursuing the Lord, you know, um, he is more than I ever dreamed of. Because of who he has become. And, and so don't shortchange what God wants to do in your life, you know. Allow yourself to look at that list and say, where am I really being unrealistic? Because sometimes it's not that God can't give you the desires of your heart. I'm living proof that he can. However, there might be some things on there that you done seen in that person. And you just didn't really look. <laughs> because maybe something that wasn't on your list kind of threw you. Maybe he was a little too short. And it wasn't, it wasn't on your list to, for him to be a specific height, but he might be a little too short. I'm like, well, I can't help that you're six foot, sweetie. But, you know, just because he's 5'11 doesn't mean, or, or if he's 5'8, that might be the guy who is going to treat you like queen that you deserve to be. My, my list was real short. You want to know what my list was? My I want to hear it. <laughs> All as you can sing and cook, we're good to go. <laughs> oh, no, you didn't. No, no, you didn't. No, but, but, no, so, no, okay, so just keeping it real. Like, right, right. Did you know, the day I met her, now that was my list, but the day I met her, that morning, 
was we had chapel time and that morning I prayed because I was, I just, I just got out of a relationship and I prayed, God, I'm tired of messing around and I want what, who you want for me. Just, just said that. I, I just want who you want for me. And I met her about 30 minutes later. You know, wow. I've always told students, focus on you. Be who you need to be. Focus on becoming a better version of you. So when you meet that person that you're supposed to spend the rest of your life with, you're going to know beyond a shadow of a doubt. And I think so many times we're so focused on changing people and trying to make people fit into the mold that we want them to be. But we really need to focus on who we are called to be and who we need to be so that when that moment comes, you know, without a doubt that that's the one for you. Yeah, because if you're fooling around with a lot of people, I always tell young students or young people that are single, you're fooling around with someone else's spouse and someone's fooling around with yours. So keep your eyes on this and work on yourself and pray hard. (laughs) That is so good. That is so good. You are messing with somebody else's spouse. And that's that's deep because those are soul ties that get attached. And I love what Leo said was take care of you. Find out who you are first. You know what I'm saying? And we live in a world where we forget about ourselves and we want to fix everyone else. When Jesus himself uh, went into isolation, he like literally removed himself from the people to spend time with the father. And Mm -hmm. so that is plain example of of how we need to separate ourselves from people. I went through 11 years of being single. Half of it was unsaved because mm-hmm. I was a mess. I knew I was a mess. I was angry. I was bitter. I was arrogant. All of that. <laughs> Halfway through, I get saved. And I still, and then honestly, coming into the church world, I'm like, I ain't what I want. I, I, I thought you were supposed to be a Christian. You know what I'm saying? I mean, just, I mean, that's just real talk. And it's like, for that, I'll stay out there. You know what I'm saying? But I kept my eyes on Christ. I kept my eyes and I had that, that uh, community of believers around me that were praying for me, that knew God has a plan for your life. God has a wife for you. And I got to a point, honestly, like Leah was, where I was like, all right, Lord, I'm tired of having girl friends. Mm-hmm. I have enough friends. And so when I met my wife, when I saw her, I pushed her away so bad. I I had this 30 second dialogue with God. I'm going to push her away because if it's you, then she, then, then I'm going to have her. But the mm-hmm. minute I laid eyes on her, I said, oh my God, that's my wife. Like, yeah. oh my God, like, oh my God, this is scary. Like, uh-uh, <laughs> Lord, I'm pushing this away. And, you know, once, you know, hopefully one day you'll, you'll be able to meet my wife, but the reaction that she got from me, any other woman would have been like, kick rocks, dude, like whatever, you know what I'm saying? But my wife, my wife also knew that's my husband Mm -hmm. because she saw a certain type of hand. And that's why for me, it's, it's so crazy that you were saying that I'm like, oh, wow. This is almost like the same type of story. And mm-hmm. so so now moving fast forward, you have kids and now you're in ministry, you're doing your thing. Where are where are you guys at now as far as building the kingdom 
helping parents in this whole parents initiative and your health journey and all of that. Where are you at now? So when it comes to parents initiative right now, um, <laughs> obviously because of COVID at the time of this recording, you know, we had a really full calendar last year. So now we're just doing our best to add value to encourage parents on social media. You know, we try to post on there regularly. We have a podcast, so we're trying to add value on that way. You know, just to give you a small gist of parents initiative, it's, it's really just, we want to create an awareness in parents to take the initiative to be the parents who they're called to be. We're not here to tell you what to do. Okay. Cause most of us know what needs to be done. It's just a point of awakening them and saying, okay, look, I need to work on these areas. So real quick, I'm going to break down our acronym and you can listen to our podcast and we'll find it in his book or find it in our book. Parents, uh, are you being too passive as a parent? What are some things that you're just letting go? You're not dealing with, are you being too aggressive? You know, if you're too aggressive, you know, there's that saying, uh, rules without relationship leads to rebellion. All right. So if you're being too aggressive, they're going to rebel. Mm -hmm. So then that R goes into relationship. Okay. So there's, there's that priority of relationship real quick. Okay. Your number one priority is your relationship with God, then your spouse, and then your kids, and then family, and then everything else. You know, sometimes we get that twisted as Christians, you know, we, we would do God first, and then kids and then spouse, but it doesn't work that way. If you're ministers, it's God in the church and then it, wh whoever. Yeah. So we're focusing on relationship. You want to make sure that you show your kids, hey, I love the Lord. He is number one. I love my wife, my spouse. They're number two. And I love you guys third. You know, in my home, my, my daughter knows who the number one lady is. It's her. OK, and then number two is my daughter. And then number three is my mama. That's the way I roll. And my mom knows that she's not number one. She's not number two. She's number three. So we're establishing that priority relationship, showing that to our kids. OK, and then you're obviously working on your relationship with your kids. E stands for entertainment. What are you allowing in your home? Because what you allow them to be subjected to, they're going to be influenced by. So you got to be careful how you allow your kids to be entertained. Dealing with nonsense. That's what that's what N stands for. OK, a lot of times we just don't deal with nonsense, little things, disrespectful things. We let them slide and they just amounts to things. Then training effectively. We all know how to effectively train our kids. It's found in the Bible as well. And the key thing about training is being consistent. Yep. Our kids right now, they are great kids. I'm not saying they're perfect, but they are great kids. And I think the key thing about our kids is that from the jump, we have been consistent with them. They know where we're at. And when we say we're going to do something, they know we're going to do it. We're going to follow through. follow through. So they need consistency. They need structure in their home. And then S stands for sex, talking about sex, because that's one thing that we have a tendency to kind of push to the side. We're too embarrassed. All right. But when you have a child in your home that is pregnant because you were too embarrassed to talk about it, it's too late. Okay, so we start real early talking to our kids about sex. What, what age do we? Um, we have a book series that we love to use, and we encourage other people to utilize. It's called God's Design for Sex. It starts at the age of three. Um, it's four-part series, three to five, five to eight, eight to 11, and 11 to 14, and they're age-appropriate. So like the first two are like story forums talking about how God created them and their body, how they got created, um, their moms and their dads, how they came to be, um, you know, good touches, bad touches. It addresses adoption, um, all of those things to where there is an open communication at a very young age. There's an understanding that sex is a beautiful gift to marry couples from the Lord and that it is not a, a cuss word. It is something that's beautiful 
and where it's placed and how it comes about and what the functionality of the body and all the things. Um, so I love that that is an amazing resource. You can find that on Amazon. So yeah, we're just about creating an awareness. You know, when you're, when you're, a lot of times we neglect the awareness that we have in our lives. Right. We don't want to address it. We don't want to deal with it. So that's really parents initiative in a nutshell when it comes to health. Yeah. When it comes to our health, um, at the same time that God was birthing parents initiative in his heart, um, I found myself at a very unhealthy place in my life physically. Um, over a decade, I had been battling with um, weight and um, blood pressure problems. I was over 265 with high blood pressure, cholesterol, acid reflux, diabetes, sick and tired, feeling sick and tired. Um, I had lost a little and you know, gain and all the things, tried many things over the years. And I had saw friends not just losing weight, but they were gaining healthy lives. And that was something that spoke to me because at a very young age, I walked through um, some trauma um, of abuse um, from an outside family member from four to 11. And at that age, I learned at a very, very young age to use food as my drug of choice. It was my coping mechanism. And I really wanted breakthrough in that area of my life. And I'm like, God, I need something. I need a tool. I need a way to create some freedom. And I came across this. Um, my coach reached out to me at first. I said no, but then I saw the change. I saw what was happening. And so I became a client and a coach the same day because I wanted more accountability. And I knew that I needed accountability because I'm used to living in front of people and it motivates me to be a good girl when people's watching. <laughs> so I came on board and within the first five days on being on one of our plans, we have many plans for different people, but um, on the weight loss portion of my journey, um, in the first five days, my resting heart rate went from the 90s to the 50s. Within two weeks, my health issues began to resolve. I was coming off medication. I would stop snoring. I was sleeping soundly, waking up energized and rejuvenated. Within two months of this process and me walking out my journey and living out loud, I was able to have the option to come home full time with my kids, which has always been a huge dream of mine to be a fully present mama. And then within 10 months, I lost 100 pounds. And that was over four years ago. That was um, in 2016. And so it has been life changing. Um, a year and a half later, Leo came home with me full time and gave us the ability to really launch Parents Initiative. So I love that our coaching business, our health business, it all started with us making a decision to want to be better people. And I know Leo, he, he's, he heard a pastor share this at the time. It was that how can you preach, um, you know, self-control to students when you are so visibly not walking that out in your own life? And that was hard for us to swallow, but we knew it was something that we needed to deal with personally to be a good steward of our bodies and take our life to another level. Because if we wanted to lead from a different place, we had to take ourselves to another level. So, and I wish, I mean, it's not, you know, our, our journey hasn't been perfect and no. just like any other spiritual walk is not perfect, but it's, it's about making progress every day. We're always contending. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, we're always contending in our health and our family. And then the key thing is, is that I love that we focus on the overall well-being of the individual. Yeah. It's not just about moving the scale, but we're also focusing on mindset. We're talking about how to handle relationships, mm -hmm. how to, to show up better in the world. I mean, it's just, it's been truly a game changer for us. I love that it's like a four part components that we have. So we walk people through health assessments. So it's personalized. We want to hear people's goals one-on-one -on -one, where they're at because it's, we have many plans for different people and you might be looking for a healthy mind. You might be so skinny, but you might be so unhealthy. And um, so it doesn't matter where you're at in your journey. I love that we have, there's a free coach that you get with your program. Um, we have the habits of health system, which is the mindset piece. Cause it's not just about getting your body healthy. It's about getting your mind healthy. Um, we have an amazing community that you can surround yourself with like-minded people. There are weekly podcasts, encouraging client support calls, and then we have nutrition plans and tools um, that are simple and easy to follow. So I love that in a nutshell, that's kind of what we do as far as um, helping impact people, not just with their spirit man, but we know you work on your, your body and your mind and your spirit, oh my gosh, all three of them together, it takes you to a whole nother level. Absolutely. Everything works together. I mean, Romans 8, 28, God works everything together for the good of those who love him and that are called to his purpose. So when we look at the word or the words love him, the Bible says, treat your body as the temple. So if we love him, then we're going to take care of that body. And like we were talking before the show, you yeah. know, me, myself, it's like all these years I'm helping people break curses, mm -hmm. but at the same time, I'm like, I'm still over here eating a cheeseburger. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it's, and it's, you know, God is, is really blessing me through this journey because like the Lord showed me in order for you to go and do these motivational speakings, cause that's where I'm going to place you. Yeah. You've got to be on that journey yourself. You yeah. follow what I'm saying? And yeah. And that's that's only going to build confidence. That's going to build reassurance because you guys said one word that a lot of people have challenges in, and that's consistency. Mm -hmm. As a coach, right, I deal with people where when I do the assessment, the number one thing, including myself, when I hired my coach, confidence. Mm. The number one thing that's going to give anybody confidence, consistency. If you're consistent in one thing, there's this book that I read last year, um, um, Atomic Habits. Yep. I just bought it. Oh, my God. That <laughs> book is going to change your life because it changes the whole trajectory. I started last year with one push-up. Then the next day, two push-ups. Then mm -hmm. the next day, three push-ups. So I got up to 25 push-ups a day, Right. When I was able to do that, I'm like, you know what? I can compound off of this. Yeah. Yeah. Now, since I can do that, huh? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mm -hmm. It's the mind, <clears throat> the body, the soul, the spirit, all of that. And that's what I love that you guys are doing is you're not just looking at, you know, well, praise God. You know what? We're just going to pray that, you know, you get better. No, mm -hmm. it's not going to work when you're going to to Krispy Kremes and you're dunking it in that milk and saying, God, please help me deliver me from this pain. No, you've got ailments. Your joints are swollen. 
because you've got inflammation, you're eating too much cheese, you got too much sugar. The body can only function with 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 what the body has. And when we don't have those oils, you are not going to be able to function. It's like a rusty old piece of machinery. If you don't oil it, if you don't grease it, it's not going to work for you. And this is where where I believe God has so many people in the season to understand. Listen, I want you to take care of your life in every area, because if you don't, you're going to die. Right. right so, I, was, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I was running this past Saturday and I actually posted about this a couple of days ago. Saturday. Yeah. I posted about Saturday. I was, I was running and I was just having this conversation. Why, why am I so passionate about my health? Why am I so passionate about that? And I was just, I was just like, I was having a conversation with God and it just hit me. Like it just, it just hit me right there. It's like, I don't want to find myself, and I, and I hope your audience gets that, that I'm saying this in love, but I don't want to find myself asking God to, to heal me from a, for a miracle if I haven't been doing my part in taking care of myself. Like, how dare I ask God to do that right. if he's not doing my part? Right. And that's, that, that is my reason why. You know, I don't, I don't want to put her in a place to have to drop everything to take care of me because I neglected myself. Absolutely. We have to have that. We have to take that ownership and that we have that responsibility upon ourselves. It's hard to swallow. Absolutely. You know, one of my mentors, uh, Pastor Greg Johnson, I mean, this guy, you know, planted 27 churches. So obviously he's got some wisdom. Um, but he told me one time, he said, you know, Paul, <clears throat> if we only did what we're supposed to do, we probably never need a miracle. Yep. <laughs> Period. Now I get it. Can't you know? Cancer happens and stuff like that. Even yeah. if if you're healthy, right? But at the same time, if you are checking off every box, saying you know what today, you know what, instead of eating Captain Crunch, it's my favorite cereal. Um, I'm gonna eat oatmeal. I'm gonna take oats, no sugar. Put a little bit of honey, some cinnamon, some apples, bananas. Trust me, a little bit of peanut butter, you'll turn that oatmeal out, right? But if we're just constantly looking at the sugar, the sugar, the sugar, to where now when when I eat something that's real rich, I'm like, mm-hmm. this it's it's just too much. Like right. it's just it's just way too much. Creamer, I use coconut creamer now. I've been doing that for two years. So when I drink the other creamer, it it almost you know, and no shade on nobody, but. <clears throat> when I when I shake it or whatever, it's all sticky, and I'm like, this ain't this is nasty. <laughs> for for me, it's like, give me the coconut creamer, get give me the coconut oil, give me the olive oil, give me the fish, give me the chicken. I'm still a work in progress. Sometimes I still want that big burger. Mm-hmm. I want the messy fries, but I've come to learn it's okay if I'm going to reward myself. My wife and I both now were like. You want a hamburger? Yeah. All right, cool. Let's go get a, you know, a nice size burger and let's split it. Yeah. Forget the fries, forget the sodas, forget all of that, but let's split it. We have to reward the body to understand, hey, we've done good. This is where we're at. So I love everything that you guys are saying. We can go on for hours. Yes. Um, so <laughs> do us a huge favor. I mean, you guys have been such a blessing just hearing your conversation. And I just feel like there's there, God is, God is, God has connected us together because we have so much in common. 
um, mm-hmm. that I can't wait to see what God does next through both of our ministries. So with that being said, let us know where we can find you, where you want people to go uh, for your coaching, for your program, whatever. That's what this platform is for. And then once you share that, do us a huge favor and pray us out. Um, it's very easy. You know, you see Lionel, Lionel, Rebecca Cologne right there on the screen. If you're looking at a live stream and I'm sure when he puts it on podcast, you also put our full name on there, but just, just hit us up on Facebook. Obviously it's not together, but it's Lionel Cologne and then Rebecca Cologne for her. Yes. And make sure that you spell it correctly. (laughs) (laughs) So check out the links. Um, That is really the best way to connect with us. Um, Drop a message in our messenger if you would like to connect with us in any way, or you can follow us um, also on Instagram. Um, But you can always connect with us first on Facebook. And if you uh, prefer email, it's my full name at me.com. Very simple. My full name, Lionel Cologne at me.com. Awesome. Awesome. So thank you. Um, You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. And if you would do us the pleasure of praying us out would be awesome. Lord, I just thank you, Father, for our time together. I thank you, Father, that you have positioned us in a place to um, receive some wisdom tonight. And Lord, I pray that every person out there listening will, will have something to take away, to be able to apply to their life and to become better. Lord, we are not here to um, pump up ourselves, but we're here to give you honor and glory for what you have done in our lives and what you're going to continue to do. And for those out there that maybe feel alone and um, maybe feel like they just need a place to belong. I pray that they will reach out to pastor tonight and that they will let them know that, Hey, I I need a place to belong. I need a place. um, I need somebody to connect with me. And Lord, I thank you, father, that you have knitted our hearts together tonight and that you're taking this tool right here um, to bring forth life into people And we just worship you. We honor you. We give you all the glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, thank you so much. You guys are so awesome. You guys are rock stars. And so, um, you know, I just really feel that here in the next few weeks or months, we'll have another podcast and we'll be able to just break down more because here's my thing. People need healing. They just need to know that they feel safe. And that's what you guys are providing. You are providing that conversation to say, listen, I'm going to meet you where you're at. We can go as aggressive as we need to go or as surface as you need to go. This is all up to you. However, my intention is to really, truly see you be broken of these patterns. It's not just just losing weight. It's being broken of those patterns. So thank you again, guys. Um, We'll have you back. And uh, all of those that are watching and listening, remember, you can reach me at setfreelife.net. Hit me up if you want a complimentary session of my coaching. See if this is something that you need for yourself. And so with that being said, we'll catch you on the next uh, episode on Coach's Corner. All right. Love y'all. God bless.